Welcome back to the Ultimate Playlist Podcast full of choice tracks. I'm Dietrich. I'm Brandon. I'm Damon. I'm Taj. You sure? Yes, sure. You positive? Okay. I'm, I'm, last time I checked. No, usually say, and I'm Taj. Now you just oh, left the and out. <laughs> yeah, lazy bastard. Okay. All right, so... <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Uh, we'll give a brief synopsis. Uh, we're four guys who like music and long walks to the park. And um, we, we basically come together and we pick a theme and we pick the songs that we each love that we think adapt to that theme. And that's on side A. And then we flip the script over to side B, where we talk about an album that one of us gave homework for. And everybody gives their critique and what they think is their favorite song on that album. So to start off the podcast, what the situation is, um, I pick something that's near and dear to my heart. It may not be for everybody, but it's something that, you know, I definitely felt and wanted to bring out into the fold. So I picked songs that reminded you of your father slash father figure. Not everybody has a father in their life. Not everybody has, you know, that one particular person that, you know, they can call dad. But, you know, some people have role models that they consider like father figure like or people that, you know, they look up to like older brothers or things of that nature that they would have that father-esque qualities. Uh, that will help you grow up in life. So, in this situation, I came with the song from the album that was released in 2012. Um, it was not a a award album by any means uh, for this particular artist. He was still relatively unknown at the time, but down in here in the South, he was definitely known and also was one of his most critically acclaimed albums. Uh, what I'm talking about is uh, the artist by the name of Big Crit. It is pronounced Crit. It is spelled Crit. K-R-I-T. And uh, the name of the song is called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Christmas trees are beautiful without presents up under them. And basically it was people think it was an ode to, you know, having a father and you're gonna give fatherly advice in actuality. Um it was a song that he put out for the ones that were doubting him in his dreams and what he wanted to do and how he wanted to pursue uh his life. And basically this was his ode to the people that were actually in his corner uh that helped him learn to become, you know, the artist that he that he chose to become. Um, the reason why it, it, it holds true to me is because of twofold. One, because uh, I actually had a father that was my biggest role model. Uh, I, I literally worshipped Bradley. He walked on. He was my best friend. He was the person that I would look up to most. I lost him in 2010, uh, towards the end of 2010, going into 2011. So uh, when I heard this particular song, the first thing I did was cry because it, I took it for face value thinking that he was talking about, you know, having a father that would give you those type of, of uh, anecdotes uh, throughout your life, in which my father did give me a lot of those anecdotes that he mentioned in this particular song. Um, you know, come listen to it a little bit later, find out who's follow your hopes and dreams. And around that time, you know, I had stopped rapping. I had stopped being a part of music, uh, still being a DJ of sorts, but not actually being involved in like uh, mixing, mastering, any kind of recording type of situation. So I essentially moved myself out of the game. But, you know, this was one of those songs that definitely hit me and made me think of him for the first first part of anything and everything. And, you know, I still hold him true to my heart. So tell me, fellas, what do y'all think about it? I, I like the song. Um, I, I took it at face value and, and I, I for sure like the messaging behind it. And, um, you know, having known a, a little bit about your, your past, like I could totally see how this song uh, relate to you for sure. 
Um, and just, you know, but even without that, like just on the face value, like the, the, the concept that like, Hey, your dad's rich in some ways and poorer in other ways. And, and all he wants you to do is to build upon that and get better is like that. Yeah, you, you can't, can't get any better than that. So, um, and it's, it's, I'm going to say it's unusual to normally have sons sing about their fathers rather because most songs, I think the few songs that there are is normally fathers singing about their children, you know? Um, and so th- that, that's kind of the other aspect that makes a song really unique is that it's from that aspect of like, you know, th- this is what my dad was. So, yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. I, I'm, I've never heard the song. I've never heard of the artist. Um, you know, to kind of piggyback on what Ty said, you know, I, yeah, I took the song at face value and, uh, I think the lyrics are good and, and I enjoyed the song. Um, you know, definitely unique. It wasn't something that I was expecting, nor have I ever heard it before. But, you know, I mean, there are definitely some very well known father son songs. And that was not one that I've, that has ever, uh, I've ever come across. And, um, yeah, I'm glad that you introduced it to me. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's great that there's a song that, that, uh, was, was there in that moment to, uh, you know, make you think of him. And, uh, you know, it's, it's special to have, have a song like that. So yeah, it's, it was good. I liked it. Appreciate it. Damn it. What you got, man? Yeah, I think I, I I definitely think this is a great song for for the theme and uh, yeah, I feel you, man. Yeah, losing my dad too. It's uh, I started thinking about all the stuff that my dad and I would talk about, and it would bring you know bring me there. And this song really is kind of like about what I think my dad was talking about when he was struggling about what is successful what what have i done with my life what do i want to do what what should you do he's always giving me advice you know and this this song is a is definitely like a strong it, it holds strong to that i really like the song i really appreciate your story man yeah cool cool thank y'all much so uh guess the next thing to do is to pick the next person to talk about what they want to bring up so brandon what you got for me man yeah, so um, I, you know, I was trying to think of a song, and definitely there, are, you know, like I, I said a moment ago, like there are some very famous ones, and you could easily pick those. And uh, you know, there are definitely some songs out there that might think of my father. I couldn't honestly think of like some of the more, you know, more, some of the songs with more of an emotional core to them. There are movies that I have an emotional core that make me think of my father immediately, but not as many songs. You know what I mean? I don't, yeah. I don't know. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I watch a movie and I'm like, and I start, I'll think of my dad and, you know, I'll get emotional, but I don't have as many of those songs. So, um, but I decided to go with the song that I have a, a, a connection to only because it's like a, a memory, a special memory to me. And the song I picked was Bob O'Reilly by The Who. And I know, like, you're thinking, like, what does this have to do with your dad or father and son? And hear me out. Um, so the reason why I picked it was that I think it was when I turned 21, I was driving. I was. It was on my birthday, and I was actually leaving to drive back to college. 
and you know I had gotten some birthday gifts and then right before I was about to get in my car you know kind of like that scene in Christmas story my dad's like hey Brian I got you something you know it was like something special and so my dad gave me this CD and he's like uh I bought you the greatest hits of the who and I'm like oh dad awesome he's like yeah, you need the Who in your collection. Um, I don't know if you have it or not, but here you go. And I'm like, oh, thanks, Dad. I like, I love the Who. He's like, yeah, yeah, me too. That, that's why I gave it to you. I mean, that it probably wasn't verbatim that dialogue, but that's how I remember it in my head. And then, you know, then we talk about the Who. And my dad is a classic rock guy through and through, and he's a musician. I mean, I grew up on classic rock, and uh, and yeah, he was a big fan of the Who, and um, I'm a big fan of the Who. And the reason why I picked this song, one, it kicks butt. I love this song. It's one of my favorite Who songs. Um, but the main reason I think I picked it is because my dad, when he gave me that, I'm looking at the tracks and he's like, um, you know, the song is not called Teenage Wasteland. It's called Bob O'Reilly. And I'm like, I know, dad. And he's like, I just want to make sure you know that it's not, it's not Teenage Wasteland. A lot of people think it is, but it's actually Bob O'Reilly. And I'm like, okay, I'll never, I'll never make that mistake. He also did that about Won't Get Fooled Again. He's like, it's not called Don't Get Fooled Again. It's called Won't Get Fooled Again. I'm like, okay, cool. And, uh, you know, but I like Bob O'Reilly better than I do Won't Get Fooled Again. So, um, yeah, that, that was my choice. You know, it was from 1971 and it was from their fifth studio album, Who's Next? Um, there's a lot of history to the song. You can look it up, but I picked it up. I picked this song because that's a memory I have. And, and it's, and I always thought it was something special, especially when your dad buys you something and gives it to you on the side, you know, like you open up all the other gifts, but then your dad's like, Hey, come here. I got something for you. So that's, uh, that's a memory that, uh, that I cherish. And when I hear the who, I always think of that. It, it never, it never escapes my mind. And uh, and I remember him saying that about Bob O'Reilly, and I I love this song, and it always makes me think of my dad. Uh, just kind of a a special fun memory. So yeah, now two parts really make sense out of that situation. One. I can see where you get it from. Because if your dad is a stickler for the particular tracks of the song, what it called, yeah, yeah, that's that's dead on you. You got it, yeah, you got that, you got that honestly. And the second part, yeah, the who that makes total sense, man. Uh, I love the who. I definitely knew the song was called Baba Baba O'Reilly. Um, I love the organ in the very beginning in which they played out, and it wasn't you. Well, you think it's a synthesizer, but it's not. It's actually a rally organ that um you know they actually played out and then took it to the to the producer and he had just laid it out and pretty much left it as is because said it was perfect and that was like one of the first songs where uh, a piano or a keyboard actually led as the main line for the track versus you know a rock uh, or just an underlay of the track so it actually was the main line of it so man that was a beautiful pick that was a kick-ass song and yeah i'm, I'm glad it gave you a fine memory of that <laughs> so yeah and it, it, i i've listened to the the who before in, in this track particularly because like it, if it's the same grace hits I'm thinking of, like it starts with my generation and then does to go through that, that the years that the who like their transition from that song to ending with Bob O'Reilly. It's like, you're like, these guys just, they change so much. You can still see stuff that ties in, but at the same time, you're like, it all culminated into this one song at the end. Like this was their, their final <laughs> transformation. And so it, it just rocks as far as the song. But 
but yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah, a lot about this song. And, uh, I mean, this is, I, I love The Who. Uh, I learned that my wife's parents saw The Who open for the doors and got booed off the stage because nobody knew who they were. So they basically, <laughs> you have like this like fucking masterpiece of a band up on stage and they booed them the fuck off uh, so they could hear you know, another great, but like, yeah. Um, I, I love this one. I love, I love the Who. I love this the album. This is, you know, Who's Next is like pretty, pretty damn badass. Is that where? Is that the album that originally was on? Who's Next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was on there. It was actually supposed right. to be a part of the the follow up rock opera that they 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 were going to do. Pete Townsend was working on, and then they, they mm-hmm. scrapped it. Yeah, Pete Town Pete Townsend, great. Um, I'm fascinated with this band. And a lot of bands from this era that is very unique and just you can't replicate that today, you know. And a lot of bands are trying to like, you know, they th- there's lots of great stuff now. It's just so different. But like what they were doing then, it's just you know you just you can't do that again. But uh, yeah, I love this song a lot. I thought it was I actually was a victim of thinking it was something else too. But I thought it was Bobo Riley. <laughs> I was like, why can't I find the song? Uh, oh, Baba, Baba O'Reilly. Okay. Yeah, Bobo, Baba, it's like right. the same thing, right? Yeah, was it? Well, no, because wasn't uh, the first part <laughs> the Baba was coming from his like mentor or his like spiritual mentor? Yeah, the name of the song was actually uh, it came from two different people that he was a big fan of or inspired by. Like mm-hmm. I can't remember their exact names, but it was like Baba something or other, and then something or other Riley, and he put the two together. Yeah, like Riley was a was a producer or or something to do in music that he looked up to. It was like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they they yeah they came from they came from like the scraps, dude. They didn't they didn't just uh, all of a sudden be heroes on the stage. <laughs> That's crazy, right? Probably because they didn't wear any like heavy makeup or or had hair down to their ass. You know, they 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 all look like normal guys. <laughs> they basically didn't look like chicks on stage, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. You know, back then, if you didn't have makeup or you didn't have hair or you didn't have this uh this uh look about you that screamed female, but you were a male type of situation, you you nobody was really paying attention to you. You didn't have the war paint of kiss. <laughs> Or or the style of every boy. Yeah, oh, really, qu- really quick. I'm not. I don't know how to say his first name. It's Maher Baba. He was a Indian spiritual master. And then Terry Riley is an American composer, and he was sort of a pioneer of the minimalist sound. Mm, so nice. yeah. Anyway, that's where Baba Riley comes from. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Tell us what you got, man. Oh, it. My pick? <laughs> no, I'm talking about, did you uh, voice your opinion on the situation? Oh, yeah, I did. I, did. I said that I, I like, yeah, I said he, that. I he like, likes it a lot. I, I like it a lot. Like a lot. Yeah. No, it, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, because, uh, yeah, it said that I uh, had the greatest hits with the Who and, like. That's right. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's a fabulous song. Like, I mean, you couldn't have picked, picked a better time to, to pick this song. So, but, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I believe it's in the movie Summer of Sam, too, which is, like, a really cool movie so all right all right cool well damon give me what you got next man yeah so um i i can't really say that there's like one song that i would uh pick that's gonna represent my dad or my dad and i but um yeah so my my song i picked it because for one the band van halen is one of my 
was one of my dad's favorites, favorites, probably out of, out of all the records and everything, you know, my dad had given me a lot of records and I might've mentioned this in an earlier episode, but like, uh, yeah, he introduced me to a lot of bands from the seventies and the eighties that I, I just didn't know about a lot of rock bands, Southern rock, rock blues, you know, stuff like that. And, uh, so this, this song is, it's, there's no lyrics in this song. It's more of like, uh, I think it's like an anthem for, um, being, awesome <laughs> but uh, uh the song's called eruption and it's it's basically all guitar it's almost like the star spangled banner but not it just has that same feel to it it's not a very long solo but it's it's a solo and uh i believe it's eddie van halen doing this Yep. Rest in peace. But um, yeah, that that does bring me back to you know me and my dad just kind of rocking out and driving around listening to Van Halen, and we talked about this song a lot over and over again, and um, that's really where I'm coming from with that. But uh, yeah, we all think of Eruption. Well, I, I'll tell you really quick. I'm a big fan of Van Halen, and my dad is a big fan of Van Halen, and I definitely grew up on a healthy dose of Van Halen. And uh, you know, my dad—I remember my dad even telling me uh, about seeing Van Halen with David Lee Roth and going, "He's he's a crazy man," and and uh, and it just the stories he would tell me about that that concert. Um, and I love this album that this song comes from. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think this is a great choice and a uh, great song and and uh yeah man like rock and roll dads are awesome so um, yeah you know yeah this is well this is van halen it's titled van halen really self-titled yeah so, yeah older school david lee roth old, old oh school. yeah i mean when i think of van halen i think of van halen with david lee roth like don't get me wrong i enjoy the sammy hagar van halen but you cannot compete with david lee roth and van halen that was that was the best um so yeah great great song great choice and uh yeah rock and roll man um yeah so <laughs> it, it's funny because like that song too you know that's like i hear van halen song and it makes me think of my dad you know so i i, I know where you're coming from so yeah it's like a dad rocker band yeah yeah i mean any classic wrong so- songs i'm like my dad introduced me to this you know so yeah it's <laughs> great yeah. You know, it's funny as hell to me that out of all the songs that Van Halen had with both singers, you managed to pick the one song that would not start a civil war. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> you, got, you got some people that love Sammy Hagar and love the, the direction of the band and where they were going at that point in time. Then you got all the real rockers just like, man, fuck that. David Lee Roth was the man. So, you know, this you managed to pick the one song that nobody could really argue about. When it came to Eddie Van Halen, it's like, yeah, they're all going to be in the agreement <laughs> nobody's gonna throw a bottle at right. this particular point in time and so yeah man that was that was definitely great i love eruption um i, I love i actually love van halen i grew up on van halen um i tried to play the guitar try to be as close to eddie van halen as possible i failed miserably i found out i was more of a drummer so it kind of worked out that way but in the sense yeah man that was that was a great pick because how can you get more rock than an electric guitar going off on it can't Right. So, yeah, man, that's rock dad's rule. So I have no problem with that. All right. So (laughs) here's here's the part where people are. Yeah. um, I've never heard it before. (laughs) 
Well, that's uh, not surprising. You're you shocking me, Todd. I can't believe that. It's got uh, a list of stuff you've never heard of. Yeah, uh, I, like it, I was looking here. So, like, I know, I know, like the Van Halen songs, like the the popular ones that like have played in on media and stuff. But mm-hmm. I, I, I can be. I've never listened to a Van Halen album before. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, they're, I gotta school you. There's <laughs> yeah. definitely some stuff I, you gotta listen to, man. I have a feeling <laughs> Taj would be. I feel like Taj would be a Sammy Hagar guy. Yes, I'm yeah, Sammy Hagar for a guy. couple for a couple songs. I'm like, yeah, Sammy Hagar all the way. But then I'm like, oh, that's not a whole album. Yeah, I like a little Sammy Hagar. But yeah, I just see Taj as a Sammy Hagar Van Halen dude. I can see Taj getting a fucking bottle of tequila signed by Sammy Hagar, Cabo Wabo Fest. <laughs> Taj, but I can't drive 55 person. I, I, right now, I That's definitely appropriate, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, but as far as the song, I liked it. It rocked. Um, yeah, I totally get what you're what you were going for. Um, especially when you, for some reason, when you when you talked about it being an anthem, and then like I was kind of listening to a clip with my mic off. You're like, you know what? This should have been what was Bill and Ted's like theme, rather right. than you know, rather than just this slow like <laughs> strumming. Yeah. You know, it goes into some Beethoven shit on his guitar. He really does. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking genius. You. They do talk about Van Halen. <laughs> right. The they, they do talk. I know. So, but yeah, but yeah. So, but I liked it. So, okay. Go listen to Van Halen. Go listen. <laughs> Go listen. To Van Halen. If you said you didn't like it, I was about to just <laughs> cut you out of this episode. <laughs> no, the views and opinions expressed by Todd are not necessarily <laughs> views. <Right. and> opinions. <laughs> <laughs> the other individuals that run the podcast actually listen to the shit before. <laughs> I know and by to- the way, it kind of feels like I at first I thought I was the Simon Cow of the of the podcast, but I think Taj is. I feel like he's become much more opinionated than than me. So. <laughs> Definitely. I'm getting that vibe. I thought you were supposed to learn about music that was obscure and you just never heard of, but like Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Never mind. Hey. Just kidding. Uh, I was tripping on last episode when we were talking about uh, Fanny, and Tess was like, I don't really, I don't, I don't know if I like Yeah, see, that's what I'm talking like, about. Aren't you the female empowerment now? dude? Like, you, you're that guy that brings in all the females that we got to listen to, and then you turn around talking about you don't like, you're not sure if you like that one or not. Like, yeah, he's like, but I don't I don't like the pioneers. I don't like the people that came first. <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> I'd rather listen to Kesha. <laughs> <laughs> Bangles all day. Bangles all day. Oh, so it's like the hot ones, Taj? Okay. <laughs> Oh man! Dang. Well, speaking of Taj, uh, go ahead and round us out, man. Okay. Um, so, uh, so here's uh, this assignment was a little bit hard for me. It, in one way, it was a little hard, and another, not that hard. Um, so, my just to kind of get personal on it, I guess. Um, my relationship with my dad, like, I don't have memories, like bonding memories between me and him. I don't. I just don't have any. Like I have, I, I know the story of his life 
in a sense. Um, but as far as like, I have a hard time attributing like what I personally learned from him. <laughs> and, and I know that's weird, um, but it's just because it kind of went from he, he got sick early on in age. And so I kind of had to grow up. I didn't have to grow up quick, but I had to become a caretaker quicker uh, as a son taking care of his father rather than, uh, you know, getting to that age when you get the teens and you can actually like learn stuff from your dad. Um, and so there, there's there's some things that I still kind of rebel against how he lived his life. But that's, you know, so but to be fair, I mean, you know, I know his story of his life. And so I picked I picked this song for multiple reasons. So the song I picked was Johnny Cash. Um, and the uh, song is, I'm sorry, I'm getting the, I want to make sure I get the title right. So, because else Brandon's going to yell at me. <laughs> the, the title is uh, One Piece at a Time. I'd get it one piece at a time, and it wouldn't cost me a dime. You know it's me when I come through your town. So, um, okay, so the reasons why I picked this song, one is my dad liked this song a lot. I know he, he would play this song. Uh, also, my dad was a, a hot rodder, like uh, early 50s hot rodder. Like they actually, he actually worked on cars. Um, my uh, steps siblings, uh, they both had Volkswagen Beetles. Um, he actually took a Volkswagen Beetle, chopped the top on a Volkswagen Beetle, which is like crazy hard, but he knew how to do the whole circumference thing. And then, yeah. And then he actually put mags on it and stuff like that. So he was always worked on it. He had a Porsche in the garage that he was always working on that like he buffed out, but he never got rebuilt. But he was one of those, like he was a gearhead. Um, the other thing was like, I we grew up in the day and age when everybody else had the first type of cell phones. Like we had CB radio, so CB radio in the house, and then the CB radio in each one of the cars. And like the fondest like memories t to date were like it took forever for me to get a cell phone, but we would always be like at the grocery store, like on the CB radio. Like, what do we need? Do we need milk? <laughs> and then doing the normal CD CB radio, <laughs> talking back and forth. So. Like this song just kind of has it all because it, it has, you know, it's a song he likes. It's a song about being a gearhead. And then it has that CB radio part at the end. And it's just it's it's interesting because it's Johnny Cash talking about <laughs> how he's working at, Amo, uh, at the Amo uh, factory and he's stealing parts <laughs> one at a time. And then he puts the car together and then the part where it's like the holes didn't line up. So we had to drill it and make an a patch kit. And you're like, that's totally <laughs> all the type of stuff that, that we would do. So, but yeah, but uh, it was, yeah, but that's why I picked this song. <laughs> so what did you guys think of one piece at a time by Johnny Cash? <laughs> Nice, nice, great pit. Um, wow. So your dad was a gearhead. Your yes. dad was a rebel. <laughs> and you decided to go to complete like 180 degree situation out there, right? You weren't feeling to be in a, a gearhead, just big fan to you, or what's going on with that? Yeah, no, it, it, when it, when I got, the thing was like, we working with him was frustrating because I was young, but like he would, he wanted you to do stuff his way. And if you were like, well, let me try it. He'd be like, no, you're doing it wrong. And you're like, well, then you do it kind of thing. And so I was kind of getting right at that age where like I was earning his trust, like I was doing stuff and when he got sick. And then like, I never got to get to that point where it was like, where he would actually teach me how to, how to do stuff. And, and that's where, 
where it got rough. So, but yeah, so, it, and, and I, I do feel bad that I missed out because I think I would have learned more about cars for sure. Um, about that. So I feel you on that part. My old father-in-law, rest in peace, punch. That's what we call him punch. He didn't like being called by his real name and anybody who called him by his real name, he probably tried to slap him. But we called him Punch, and Punch would invite me over on Saturdays to come work on cars because he always worked on Volvos. And he kept those old boxed-up Volvos running like they were brand-new Corvettes. But every Sunday, every, every Saturday, I would come over for like three months straight. And he's like, all right, we're going to pull this engine. We never pull the engine. All he wanted me to do was bring breakfast tacos, and we sit there and eat the tacos. And he'd talk about the engine parts, and we'd talk about everything, but we never actually worked on the car. <laughs> So he's telling me all this shit that he's going to do with the car, and we never actually get to work on it. And it was like, and for the time, I was like, okay, he's just he's just fucking with me. He's just like bringing this up for nothing to die. That was, that was his way of spending time without actually working, because if I did anything wrong, he was going to bust a blood vessel and, and, and go off on the top of his head. So R.I.P. Punch, I don't know exactly where you're coming from with that. The song itself is Johnny Cash. You can't get that one. It's iconic. <laughs> So I'm I'm I ain't even got nothing else to say about that. It's yeah, it's definitely a great pick. First try. Right. Yeah, and uh yeah, thank you for sharing that story about your dad. That's awesome. Um, you know. Uh yeah. The the song is uh, I've heard it before. Um I do realize that I don't I've not listened to ton of Johnny Cash, you know. This is not one I'm as familiar with, but I know I've heard it before, like listening to a greatest hits and and uh I I do enjoy the song and um you know it's it's awesome that uh yeah that you you hear the song and, and it makes you think of your your dad and yeah. Um you know I, I know a little bit about your dad's just conversations we had. Right. Um you know, but I'm glad that you shared that because I don't think you've ever told me that much. So, okay. <laughs> um, but I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, no, just the song alone, you know, I, I think it's a good choice. And, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. 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 Well, I, I'm really impressed that your dad was a gearhead. That's awesome. <laughs> You're telling me about how they're cutting off tops of Beatles and shit and like, <laughs> right. Uh, redoing the tires and all that. Yeah. That's, those are total gearheads, man. Like, they're just badass. That's, that's like a lifestyle for sure. And that's it takes a lot of engineering and just like talent, and time, and yeah, yeah I, I, and that's cool, man. I can see what like you didn't follow that path, but I could see that being like you're the offspring of that dude. <laughs> you <Right>. know? <laughs> um, Johnny Cash, yeah, that's cool. I mean, definitely, and, you know, like Dietrich said, you can't go wrong with Johnny Cash. This is kind of a funny song. It's just like, it sort of reminds me of Smokey the Bandit, the way you sing in it, but like, <laughs> it's got this whole story of the gearheads and <laughs> how they live and shit. Like, I, this car is at least $100,000. Like, okay. <laughs> Everybody thinks the car is $100,000, but, you know, at the end of the day, they're just having fun. Yeah. But, yeah. No, that's a cool story. I like the, I like the whole 80s five cb radio shit you guys are doing <laughs> right. get some bread and like can you add some milk to that too right over shirt sure. <laughs> i actually act like smoky in the band like did you come in record record one nine record one nine what you <laughs> um, no, some but, eggs i'm in the no, cereal like, aisle right now <laughs> right <laughs> 
This is Frosted Flakes. Frosted Flakes. Uh. <laughs> no, we, we we didn't do. I mean, you would only do Breaker Breaker if somebody else was on the the line and they were interrupting you. But we would do the we do the ten four and the uh, what's your ten and then you know we do we I learned all those and then so my <laughs> I'm trying to remember what my dad's uh, radio call sign was. Mine was Bumblebee. <laughs> I remember mine. <laughs> Because I was I a big tran- I was a big Transformers fan at the time, and so my call sign was Bumblebee. So it's like, oh man, you're ahead of your time with that shit. <laughs> I love this. I love you. So yeah, good. I'm gonna start calling you Bumblebee. Wait, hey. the, the other thing that that makes me chuckle about this song is like the 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 part when Johnny Cash uh, talks like the wife, because <laughs> like he's he's singing the song and then he's like and the wife came up and she she had the questioning look and she's like, "Will you take me for a spin?" And you're like, "What are you doing, Johnny Cash? Like you've never heard Johnny Cash to like raise his octave that high." And you're like, "Okay, Johnny." <laughs> That's how you know you're having fun with the solo, man. You gotta, you gotta perpetrate. I talk in my wife's voice anytime I'm talking shit about her. I just, <laughs> that's to it's like I'm, I was just sitting there chilling. She comes like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, oh, "Shit, I'm, I'm watching TV. What are you talking about?" You always make it sound like March Simpson for some reason. That's that's how it comes out. I'm mad. So, but yeah. Those things, it's like this whole episode's making me think of like better days where you just had a big old lunchbox in a, you know, a Volkswagen, cut the top off that bitch, just hang out and, you know, pop a beer. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, well, probably better days for sure. Yeah. Definitely better. Our dads were cooler than us. I can tell you that. At least me. <laughs> my, mama, my dad's name was Fat Cat. They called him Fat Cat. He was a cool cat. He was a bigger dude. But they called him Fat Cat. That was his moniker throughout everywhere. Anywhere you go in Austin, everybody knows him the Fat Cat. Even up at the jobs, barely anybody knew him as Robert. They always called him Fat Cat. Like, it was a trip when I came in the office and uh, his boss came around the corner. He's like, hey, Fat Cat, how's it going today? I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Actually called you by your nickname. What the hell, man? Like that, that just blew my mind back. But yeah, definitely was a cool person, cool, coolest person I knew. Oh, yeah, man, this is good time. So let's go ahead and uh, flip that record. I think it's okay. a good time to go over to side B. What do you think? Yeah, let's go ahead and drop that needle on side B. And uh, Diedrich, you had homework for us for this episode. Yes, I did. I why don't you? Why don't you elaborate? Uh, I'd rather not. How about that? Okay, and we're gonna go ahead and pick up the. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this artist, the real name is uh, Wasalu Muhammad uh, Jocko, which that's a mouthful within itself. Um, but um, when he came out uh, rapping you know, back early 2007, 2008, he actually changed up moniker and it, and went by and he put two people together. Um, the fiasco part, you know, I didn't um, see, he will remember that where that part came from, but the Lupe was coming from Lupe the third. Um, so he kind of shortened that up and took that moniker from there and came together and called it Lupe Fiasco. And he's an individual that was born uh, West Side of Chicago, Illinois, uh, born and raised. Um, he is an eclectic individual because he came up, um, his father used to be um, a member of the Black Panther organization. Um, he grew up Muslim. He learned how to fire an AK when he was five years old, and then the next day go to karate class. So he he, he definitely grew up in a militant lifestyle. Um, but when he started listening to music, uh, he was surrounded by drug dealers, pimps, prostitutes, the whole nine. Like literally, his 
apartment complex, the door, lead door from outside of his apartment complex had blood on the handle um, from where somebody was shot, you know, a couple of days before. But then on the inside of there, once you go inside the house, you got encyclopedias, you got um, dictionaries. They made sure that, you know, the kids learned a whole lot. That's, that's what his parents did. So they wanted to keep them away from everything that was out in the street and get them involved in everything else outside of that. When he started listening to rap, he uh, actually came around and one of his drug uh, dealers that actually wound up becoming one of his best friends, um, they had the taste for music. They actually started listening to music together. He was tired of the misogyny of rap. He was tired of, um, you know, pretty much, you know, going by the norm of, of the, the, the girls, the drugs, the money, all that type of situation, uh, the violence that was involved in the situation at, at total. So he just wanted to go a different route. So he started coming up with the clickic ways in which he can come out with his song. Um, to fast forward to 2007. Um, actually, no, fast forward to 2009, going to 2010. No, take that back. I was getting caught up in between the albums. 2006 to 2007, he released uh, his album, um, uh, was it Chicken and Liquor? And he actually was um, nominated for a couple of songs on there uh, that came up on that album. One was uh, Kick Push, where he was actually talking about skateboarding and his love for skateboarding, which at the time, nobody in hip hop was talking about skateboarding. Um, we had individuals who skateboarded, but nobody actually talked about skateboarding, especially put it in a form of rap or poetry. For that, he did. Um, he actually got uh, nominated for that. He's, he won one Grammy for Best Album. Uh, that particular album. And then he actually has been nominated 12 different times uh, by Grammys and other assorted awards. So he's definitely been recognized for his work. Um, but this particular album that I pulled up uh, was uh, 2008. Um, it's an album called The Cool, which uh, this was one of his hardest albums to actually record simply because a lot of stuff was going on at the time. So this is a sophomore album that he's coming out with. He already won a Grammy for Off the Single Love, one of his first albums or his first album to be released. Um, and he was actually brought in by Jay-Z uh, to Jay-Z kind of mentored him in the way in which he was supposed to go. He was supposed to sign to uh, a couple of different labels. The other label that wanted to sign him there lead CEO actually got fired uh, for their position so he got dropped from that particular label um, Jay-Z was the one that, that kept him influenced in how he wanted to get into the actual rap game and told him to keep going separate outside of what everybody else is doing and it worked out just fine um, in the midst of trying to make this album the cool uh, his best friend Stack Bundles died um, his father actually passed which ties into our situation what we had before on side A when we were talking about songs that remind you of his father um, and then uh, his, his actual business partner uh, by the name of Chili uh, was actually indicted and uh, you know found guilty for uh, possession of heroin with the intent to distribute and basically brought down like a 44 person raid which uh, 40 person raid which he got 44 years so essentially it's basically like a life sentence because he was already looking at like 30 so um, he's still serving that to this day. So at this point, um, you know, he had a lot of, lot of railroads and things that were coming in his way that were trying to knock him off the block. He wound up taking that energy, put it into the album. What you have is one of the most eclectic albums that came out during that time frame. And even up today, um, by today's standards, it's still a very all over the place type album. It does have some dark tendencies within the album. 
but for the most part, uh, he, he definitely laid it out there. Um, so the biggest single that came off of the album was a song called Superstar, where he was talking about the limelight and how people get caught up in that limelight, um, trying to become famous and not knowing that they're basically losing their life in the process while trying to be famous. Um, cause he had to go through all of these interviews and do all of these press kits and press runs, even though his father just passed, even though his other friends just passed, even though his, uh, manager slash business partner was behind bars. Like he had to put on a straight face and keep it moving throughout all the interviews. So, um, that was the hardest thing that he said he had to go through amongst the whole situation itself. Um, when it comes to the album, uh, there's there, for one, the lyrical content inside the album is crazy. Uh, the way they use metaphors and, and comes up with different uh, delivery packages on and each song stands alone. Within itself, no two songs sound the same, which is, you know, very hard to do, especially when you're talking about hip hop in itself in a general sense. Uh, the second part of it was he said he did not want to use big name producers for this particular album because he said they cost too much uh, at the point in time. Pharrell definitely wanted to work with him and get some things going on. And, and he said, no, nah, I can't afford that. So he, he picked out a couple of lesser name producers in order to go through and produce one of the most iconic albums, I think, that have come out in a long time. Um, if it comes to picking an actual song, like it got, um, number four on the top, it got number 14 on the top, uh, Billboard 200, uh, number four in the hip hop and R&B rankings. And then it did get number one in the hip hop album. It was mentioned in, uh, best hip hop album of the year for the Grammys. It wound up coming up second. Um, but it, it definitely was noticed for, for his accolades as far as the, the album itself goes. The songs that are on here represent a story in each part of his life. The main song that I took out of this particular contract or this, this, this context of music, um, so to speak, was Hip Hop Saved My Life. The reason why I took a, a, a big key out of that is because it's, uh, the song itself, it's a premise is talking about a, a guy who is an ex-drug dealer who's trying to get into music, who has a lackluster, like, delivery into music. But because of his style, his style and because of his perseverance, he's actually starting to see the come up. And, you know, he was literally a couple of days from going back to selling, you know, crack on a corner, but he decided to stick with the music and the music took him in a different path altogether. And lo and behold, he was actually referenced. He, the song itself was referenced from a Texas artist by the name of Slim Thug, um, who's out of Houston. He's a Houston rap artist. And that's who he got his actual, um, inspiration from was based off of Slim Thug's story and his life and how he was a drug dealer, how he did try to, you know, go down that drug route. And then he got out of that by, by doing rap. So that in itself was one of those songs. It's like, okay, he definitely made a delivery on here. He told a story. Um, everything lined up. You got other songs like Paris. You got other songs like, um, Intruder Alert. Um, definitely, you know, Superstar within itself. Um, Dumb It Down is definitely a great song, but you know, the whole album within itself is something that you can listen to all the way through and don't have to skip anything. So tell me what y'all think about Lupe Fiasco's The Cool. I'll, I'll jump in. I, I liked it. <laughs> So it it was so what's interesting was like I took it I took the whole album as a whole as like him examining what what the the term cool means because like it kind of each song examines like you know this is cool or the, you know you may call this cool like and he examines that whole like every aspect of what you think cool may be and and what's interesting is like the first half of the album like. I'm listening to it and I'm like, I'm liking it, but it's like, 
and I'm not saying it's good or bad either way, but I'm saying it was on the verge of nerd nerd rap because like he had some nerdy stuff and you're like, oh shit, like he just rapped that and you're like, but then like he's just playing it cool, like it's just in the middle of stuff and you're like, what the heck is going on? And then like later on, like he just gets really solid into the rap. Um, so I was, yeah, I I liked it. The the one that threw me the, the most was the whole the coolest with because he's talking about the coolest and then he mentions Felix Unger from the Odd Couple <laughs> of all things. Like, and, and the line is like, you know, I'm the cleanest, like Felix Unger, and you're like, what? Why are you referencing Felix Unger, like being the cleanest? You're like, what? This is like, why? <laughs> it's like the most weird. I asked why, Tosh. <laughs> I know. I know. Because he can. I mean, uh, technically, <laughs> at this time, he's he's old enough to know who Felix Unger is. He's forty, so you know he's he's not he's not a young whippersnapper, as you would say. Um, he definitely did his homework and everything that he he preached and every line that he spoke. So it's, yeah, but, it was definitely a good reference. Yeah, it's a it's a great reference. But I could I could honestly tell you in a thousand years I would never rap about Felix Unger. Like that's it's like what. Where did this come from? Like, what what weird wire was crossed that you're like, dude, I gotta throw this to get dude's name in this song. You're like, okay. Or yeah. are you jealous that he <laughs> came up with it and you didn't? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, so, but yeah, um, it, I like the album as a whole. Um, I do like uh, Super uh, Superstar. I think I probably heard Superstar before, um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. And but <sighs> I'm hesitant to pick Superstar as my pick because that the the person that sings it with him, that Matthew uh, Santos, like he hasn't mm-hmm. done much else, but like he kind of steals the thunder on that song on Superstar. Mm-hmm. Like, and so, but and even uh, so, I like Fighters too. But to give, uh, you know, um, Lupin, you know, his due, the, the song I would have to pick that's, that's mostly that just him is, <laughs> you're going to probably think it's weird, but I just like the beat of it and the song, uh, Go Go Gadget Flow. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I literally put money on that shit and said, that's what it's going to be. I know it. I already knew it. <laughs> I already knew it. Okay. Yeah, yeah but it, I I do like yeah, hip hop saved my life. That one is awesome too. That one, but yeah. So. Cool, cool. So, all right. Are you are you done? You want me to go? Go ahead. <laughs> okay. I'll go ahead and go. So, this album is why I like to do this podcast. <laughs> nice. Okay. So, and what I mean by that is I've known of the artists for a long time. I might have heard a song or two by him. That's it. Never actually sat down to listen to an album. Probably would have not been on my radar had it not been for you picking this as your choice album. And, you know, this is why I like doing the podcast because it made me listen to something that, you know, escaped me. And I feel better for listening to this album because I think this album is phenomenal. I think this album is something special. Um, I mean, right off the bat, I'm like first track and I'm just like, dude, settle in, man. This is going to be good. And I was, I was blown away by, by the creativity on this album. I mean, the, the lyrics are great. The beats are great. Um, you know, the, the guest artist that he had on here, you know, no song, like you said, sounds the same. And I love that. Um, you know, 
like every song is different. Every song has a story to tell. Um, you know, there is some coherency to it in a way, but, but they are completely unique and special. Um, I, I, I mean, this is so good. This album is so good. Uh, and you know, I can't believe it took this long for me to listen to it, you know, and, and I do want to explore other albums by, by him. Um, mm-hmm. And even if they're not as good as that one, I mean, this is one hell of an album. I mean, in my opinion, this is definitely one of the best, you know, hip hop rap albums I've heard in the last 20 years. I mean, that it goes, it, I mean, it, it jumped up there for me. You know, I, I was thoroughly impressed by, by everything. There was not one dull bad song on here for me. I, I, I liked each one and everything flowed into each other and I just, I totally dug it, you know, both like I listened to it about two and a half times. The that halftime was me trying to pick a favorite choice because like I have to pick a favorite. Can't I just say I like almost all of them? Mm-hmm. Um, and I like all of them, but there definitely are ones that are better than others. But uh, yeah, I I really liked it. And I'm I'm very thankful that you you chose this and, uh, you know, and and letting my ears explore something, you know, fresh and new. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was really good, man. I, I was, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it fits like, it's just kind of like what, like that Bobby Gentry, like when I listen to an album and I'm like, I need a copy of this. That's a good sign that I like, oh. that's how much I like it. Like I need a physical media because, you know, one day the internet's going to go down and guess who's got a copy. I do. <laughs> So, um, yeah, man, I, it was so good. Great choice. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you for, for, you know, pretty much introducing me to, to him. Like I said, I knew his name, but I only knew one or two songs and, and those songs that I knew weren't even, I mean, it, it was like just scraping the, the, the bottom of the barrel. I mean, just the like superstar, I think was a song I heard. And if that was the only song I had ever heard, I was, I, I was doing a disservice to me because, you know, there are so many, so many better songs on the album. Not to say superstar is bad, but it's just, there's songs that are just, are so powerful and relevant. And yeah. Anyway, great, great. I, I won't ramble much longer. I have to pick a, a choice song because that's what we do here. Um, and if I had to pick it and I don't know, maybe you might laugh, but I, I'm going to tell you my reason why after I pick it. Uh, my favorite track is Gotta Eat. Um, I love that beat. I love the lyrics. I like the rhythm of that song. And I've already figured out exactly where I'm going to put that song in a movie because that song is prime prime song to put in in a montage in a film and i already know what i'm gonna do with it uh because this that song is just dude it just every time it came on i'm like oh man this is my jam so uh yeah gotta eat my favorite choice and uh you know please if you're listening to it give me a call um i really want to license this for a movie i i'll come up with a movie later just give me the rights so uh yeah good album face how about that Brandon's yeah. <laughs> well, done uh cream his pants you say? Over I didn't there. hear you. Uh, <laughs> oh, how about how about Dracula in space? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it would work for <laughs> what, on the what I want to use. <laughs> right. Yeah. But we can maybe uh, find a way. We, we can make it work. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry, Damon. What were you gonna say? <laughs> 
I'm not going to make any movies anytime soon. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I like the I I what I liked about this album is that it's like it's really long, but I didn't get tired of it. Kind of like what Brandon's saying, like it's just a lot like a lot of the all the songs are really good. I like I like how there's a lot of collaborations. I like Snoop Dogg on here. Uh, any collaboration that Snoop Dogg does is usually sometimes better than his own solo stuff. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's like he just does a really good job with collaborations. Um, but uh, like the intro is really cool because uh, it's like that it's like that uh poetry uh-huh. it's like a poetry slam but she's like talking about kind of what this album's about <laughs> it's like the intro to the album but it's also like an intro to some reality shit and i like i like it when i hear that kind of stuff it's like yeah wake up motherfuckers this is what's going on uh so that was really cool uh the cool is cool um I like I like the different meanings of cool, like like you're saying, Taj. Like there's right. like different representations of what that is, what that means. Maybe for like music or for like life experiences or why cool doesn't really matter. Um, mm-hmm. You don't have to be cool to be cool, I guess. <laughs> But uh, I, I had a few picks that I really liked. I like, I like, I don't know who the artist is, but I like the songs of Matthew Santos. And yeah. Fighters yeah. is really cool. It's got a really cool beat to it. Um, the Die was one of my other favorites on there. And that's got, a, that's another collaboration. Um, what was the other one I really liked? Well, I liked the one with Snoop on it too. Uh, I'm going on and on. <laughs> that's right. High definition. Yeah. I liked high definition as well. But yeah, okay. so there's a lot of talk about you know gun violence and stuff like that, streets, the stuff that I don't understand. <laughs> it's like I'm never, never going to be that close to that. I'm glad I'm not, but I like to hear the stories about it. Yeah, yeah, this we, is like a badass. Album. Yeah, well, and plus, like, and the, the other thing, like, it just, it's like the whole album is realistic. Like the, the album doesn't shy away from the dark and it doesn't shy away from the light. Like it just, it just is, and. and and like you said, that opening that opening track, like you know, is heavy. And then that uh, that other, I want to say, is it die? Is that the one that has the the audio part at the end where he's like trying to call the guy back to the car? And you're like that one. Like you're like that comes out of nowhere. You're like, dang, this is <laughs> like, what are you doing to me? <laughs> like, but yeah, it's you know, but yeah, it's a. I enjoyed it. So, so what was Damon? What was your final pick? Like choice pick. Oh, like my favorite song out of the whole album? Yes. Is the Die. I like, um, I mean, is it The Die? Jeez, there's so many songs on this. Um, <laughs> Fighters. Yeah, I like Fighters. Fighters. Fighters okay. Like, I like the stuff with Matthew Santos on it. I like the beat. I mean, I, I kind of like, I don't know, I pick stuff by like how it sounds. I gotcha. Lyrics are really awesome, too. But uh, right. sometimes it's not enough for me. Yeah. Gotcha. But it's, I mean, it's all good, though. Fuck. This doesn't even sound like a, I mean, is it hip hop? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's hip hop. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's definitely a hip hop album. But it's like, it's it's in the realm of like other stuff that's not hip hop. And it sort of like goes back to the, the theme I had a couple episodes ago where it's like, okay, can a non-rapper do a rap? But you, like, I could see... I could see yeah. this easily being a collaboration with like Coldplay or something, you know, it, it would sound good. Like they could just, he could, he could do a lot. He, he's yeah. very talented. I mean, this is like, this is beyond just an album. I mean, this is like an orchestrated, like masterpiece. <laughs> I don't yeah. even know how they put this together. This must, how long do you think it took to put this together? Uh, it took them about a year, going on a year and a half. That's a long time for like put that together. Yeah. Well, I was still, he was still promoting his first album. 
album and the songs off of that daydreaming with Joe Scott and, and put Kid Push. But then while secretly recording this album, uh, going at it and then releasing it in 2008. So yeah, I would, I didn't even know who this was. I, like, I've never heard of this and like these people and I'm like totally blown away, amazed. Maybe I, maybe I have heard Lupe Fiasco. Have you heard of Gemstones? Uh, is that like a, is that a radio hit? I know it's on here, but is that like a radio hit? No, it's a, it's a, that's a, the, when you mentioned the die, um, that's the group that's on there with him. Uh, in that particular song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, like yeah, said, that's right. Yeah. He didn't want to use too many collaborations or well-known collaborations because um, he was really trying to keep it as, as low-key and personal as possible. Um, and as far as the album itself goes, like it's it's basically a reflection of what people think are cool is not always cool. What people think is the end thing to do is not the end thing to do. got to do right. it at the end of the day. So I'm glad that y'all picked up on that and I'm glad y'all were able to pull out tracks that you know meant something to you and something that you actually liked and i hope to bring more artists like that into the fold where it's you know something that everybody can listen to it is not just one genre or another it's it's something that's you know kind of like a, a dominant rock so i have not heard the gemstones though so that's okay. that's another one that you should definitely i'll put you introduce. on <laughs> <laughs> i'll put you on i'm like the righteous gemstones that tv show what <laughs> right <laughs> I'm just going to run into a wall a few times and maybe I'll wake up. <laughs> well, if nobody's got anything else great to say, uh, let's uh, go ahead and kick it to Damon because I think you got some homework for us, right, man? Yeah, and I'm, I'm just going to, like, you know, totally uh, destroy the mood. <laughs> I think that I, one of the things that we, we strive to do here at Choice Tracks is uh, we try to uh, talk about stuff that we really like. So whether you guys like it or not, that's up to your own, you know, interpretation or your own uh, opinion. But I don't think this is a bad album. It's not legendary, but maybe it is for some people. Uh, so there's a band that I, I like that's from the the late 90s and then they uh did a lot of music in the 2000s early 2000s and 2000s still going or still going today um there's a there's some radio hits uh it's it's something that i think when i was introduced to this band i just kept listening to all their albums over and over again and uh it's kind of feel good music I don't know if it's every not for everybody, but um. So my my uh, my pick is Toad the Wet Sprocket, and the album's called Fear. And you can see I have the CD. That's the can you, oh you can't see it. Why is it blurry? <laughs> oh, if I do it at an angle, right, gotcha. That didn't work so well, did it? What is going on with my camera? It's like blurring it out. My you camera said- is censoring the image of the album. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's. That's one of my favorite albums. And Big Brother is watching. Right. Here, maybe if I take it out of the sleeve. Can you see it now? Sort of, right? Yeah. You said it's Fury? Fear. Fear. Fear, Fear is the name Fear. of the album, Toad the Wet Sprocket. Okay. And, uh, oh, there cool. you go. Sweet. Yeah, that's what that looks like. Anyway. Okay. Well, um, all right then. Well, before we pick up that needle, Taj, you want uh-huh. to go ahead and do your your uh, sign out? Sure. All right. Uh, so this has been Choice Tracks. Uh, you can find this on our website at choicetracks.com, end with a Z, or email us at choicetracks at gmail.com. Again, also ends with a Z. Um, just to remind you folks, we do have uh, matching playlists that you can listen to on Spotify uh, that correspond with each episode. Uh, but please subscribe and listen to all past and future episodes. Let's sign out. I've been Taj. I'm Brandon. 
Damon. And I'm the cool. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you are. <laughs> I knew it. God damn it. <laughs> Should never let me go last. Uh, we're going to pick up the needle, but you keep spinning those choice tracks. Those go, 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 go,